Hello, my name is Ho Jun Yoon. You're listening to Medicine on the Way. It is August 2013. This is episode number 17, and today's topic is Polymyalgia Rheumatica. Polymyalgia Rheumatica is an inflammatory rheumatic disease characterized by stiffness and diffuse pain, mostly in the neck, shoulders, and proximal extremities. It is the most common inflammatory rheumatic disease in elderly white people, though the exact etiology is largely unknown. The incidence rate increases progressively after 50 years of age. The reported rates are high in individuals with Scandinavian background, whereas significantly low in Southern European countries. In Olmsted County, In Minnesota, where the population has strong Scandinavian background, the annual incidence rate of polymyalgia rheumatica was found to be 52.5 per 100,000 population. Women are affected three times more than men. Environmentals and genetic factors may increase susceptibility and severity of polymyalgia rheumatica. In a study, Uh, done in North America by Bernatsky et al., a higher prevalence of polymyalgia rheumatica is observed in rural versus urban regions. The authors note an increased risk of autoimmune disease associated with farming. Occupational exposures, including animals, pesticides, organic dust, and crystalline silica, are thought to predispose systemic rheumatic diseases. A study from Denmark shows simultaneous fluctuations of polymyalgia rheumatica with mycoplasma pneumoniae, parvovirus B19, and chlamydia pneumoniae epidemics. This suggests infectious agents as a possible trigger to polymyalgia rheumatica. Also, polymyalgia rheumatica is linked to HLA-DR4 allele in Caucasian populations. Genes that regulate the expression of cytokines may be responsible for different clinical presentations of polymyalgia rheumatica. Polymyalgia rheumatica may occur with giant cell arteritis. These two conditions share the same disease process, including similar sex ratio, increasing incident rates after 50 years of age, significant increase of acute phase reactants before treatment, and rapid responsiveness to glucocorticosteroids. Giant cell arteritis is present in more than 16% of patients with polymyalgia rheumatica, and 40-60% to 60% of polymyalgia rheumatica is shown in patients with giant cell arteritis. Vasculitis is believed to cause the symptoms of uh, polymyalgia rheumatica. In fact, it has been observed from muscle biopsy samples and magnetic resonant imaging of patients with polymyalgia rheumatica. 
dendritic cells between the media and adventitia of the artery initiate the inflammation. The dendritic cells are activated by either unknown antigen through vesa fessorum or toll-like receptor ligands. The activated dendritic cells recruit CD4 T-cells and macrophages into the vascular wall. The T-cells are then activated by the dendritic cells. The activated T-cells produce interferon gamma, which regulates function of the macrophages. The macrophages secrete interleukin-1 and interleukin-6 to the adventitia of the artery, reactive oxygen intermediates, and metalloproteinases to the media. These inflammatory mediators destroy the internal elastic lamina. Eventually, platelet-derived growth factors and vascular endothelial growth factors arrive and repair the damage via neoangiogenesis and intimal hyperplasia. However, there are speculations that vasculitis may not be the only cause of polymyalgia rheumatica. Arthritis is seen only in one-third of patients with polymyalgia rheumatica by fluorodeoxyglucose positron emission tomography scan. Vascular inflammation to the adventitia is found in normal temporal artery biopsy and even patients without polymyalgia rheumatica. Salvarani et al. explains this by noting the absence of T-cells in normal temporal arteries. Even though activated dendritic cells interleukin-1 and interleukin-6 are present, interferon gamma is not produced without T-cells. As a result, arterial inflammation in polymyalgia rheumatica stays subclinical, despite the presence of other inflammatory mediators. Different locations have been suggested as the origin of polymyalgia rheumatica, including synovial membrane, bursa, and muscles. A mild synovitis and bursitis are found in some patients with polymyalgia rheumatica. This idea is supported by a high level of macrophages and CD4 T-cell from synovial membrane of the affected joints. However, polymyalgia rheumatica symptoms can be seen without imaging evidence of inflammation, and conversely, the symptoms can be absent with joint inflammation. Myositis may be thought as the cause of polymyalgia rheumatica because of the characteristic symptoms of polymyalgia rheumatica, such as muscle pain, tenderness, and stiffness. Nonetheless, only minor immunologic abnormalities have been observed from histologic studies. Muscle mitochondrial insufficiency has been proposed but the symptoms are different from those of polymyalgia rheumatica. Lymphocytes infiltrated in muscle connective tissue septa and intramuscular immune complexes have been observed, though this finding has not been confirmed by another study. Typical symptoms of polymyalgia rheumatica are pain and stiffness of the neck, shoulder, and pelvic girdles. 
The stiffness occur in the morning or after a period of rest, lasting about 30 minutes or more. Shoulder pain is shown in 70 to 95 percent of the patient with hip or neck pain in 50 to 70 percent. The pain may begin in one side but eventually becomes bilateral. On examination, painful and restricted movements of the shoulders and hips are typical. Proximal joint swelling is usually not detectable, but mild synovitis can be observed in wrists or knees. Systemic signs and symptoms may be present, including low grade fever, fatigue, anorexia, weight loss, and depression. Laboratory findings are not specific, only indicate the inflammatory status, but support a clinical suspicion of polymyalgia rheumatica. Erythrocyte sedimentation rate, or ESR, is generally elevated. However, a normal ESR has been reported in 7 to 20% of the patients. C reactive protein, or CRP, is a more sensitive indicator because it is not affected by extraneous factors like ESR. Interleukin 6 has been suggested as the most sensitive indicator for the activity and the course of the disease. However, this test is not readily available in most laboratories. Imaging studies can be used to support the diagnosis. Bilateral subacromial subdeltoid bursitis and trochanteric bursitis are the lesions most often found in polymyalgia rheumatica. Ultrasonography and MRI have sensitivity and specificity of 90% and are equally effective in confirming the presence of the lesions. Bicep tendon tenosynovitis or synovitis of the glonohumeral joint can be detected with ultrasonography. Especially, ultrasonography can be useful when typical proximal symptoms of polymyalgia rheumatica are present, but ESR is normal. A scoring algorithm to diagnose polymyalgia rheumatica has been developed by the European League Against Rheumatism and the American College of Rheumatology. Diagnostic criteria were chosen from a meeting of 27 international experts and literature reviews. These criteria were evaluated and accepted with more than 70% support from 111 rheumatologists and 53 non rheumatologists. The criteria include morning stiffness more than 45 minutes, that is 2 points, hip pain or limited range of motion, that is 1 point, absence of rheumatoid factor and or anti sutrulinated. Protein antibody, that is 2 points, absence of peripheral joint pain, 1 point, and optional ultrasound findings of bilateral shoulder abnormalities, or one hip and one shoulder abnormalities, and that is 2 points. A score equal to or more than 4 had 68% sensitivity and 78% specificity. With ultrasound, score equal or more than 
five had sixty six seven percent sensitivity and eighty one percent specificity. The specificity was higher to eighty eight percent for distinguishing other shoulder conditions from、um, polymyalgia rheumatica, but lower to sixty five percent for distinguishing、uh, rheumatoid arthritis. The results indicated fifty years of age or older with bilateral shoulder pain, elevated CPR and/or ESR, and morning stiffness more than forty-five minutes can be classified as polymyalgia rheumatica in the absence of other alternative diagnosis. Exclusion of other clinical conditions is important before polymyalgia rheumatica is diagnosed. Rheumatoid arthritis is generally seen with distal joint symptoms with positive rheumatoid factor and anti-cyclic citrullinated peptide. In late onset of rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatoid factor may be negative. In this case. Presence of myalgia and synovitis in the wrist, metacarpal joint, and proximal interphalangeal joint help rule out polymyalgia rheumatica. Spondyloarthritis is characterized by oligoarthritis of the lower limbs, peripheral enthesitis, dactylitis, anterior uveitis, association with HLA B27. And the presence of sacroiliitis. Fibromyalgia is shown with proximal muscular weakness instead of pain, myopathic electromyographic changes, and increased muscle enzyme con- concentrations. Other disorders, including rotator cuff disease, adhesive capsulitis, osteomyelitis, septic arthritis, and polymyositis. Should be considered as well. Glucocorticoids are the only known effective treatment. A low dose of oral prednisone is initially administered to induce a remission. The recommended initial dose is 15 milligram per day and should not be higher than 20 milligram per day during the first week or two. Dose modification is often needed. When the initial dose is 10 milligram per day or less, the maintenance dose after the first and second year of the treatment tends to be higher if the initial dose is higher than 15 milligram per day. However, less than one percent of the patients may need more than 15 milligram per day to control the symptoms of polymyalgia rheumatica. The response to glucocorticoids is generally rapid with nearly complete resolution. The absence of improvement after a dose higher than 20 milligram per day for one week should make the physicians question the diagnosis. The British Society for Rheumatology and British health professionals in rheumatology have developed guidelines for management of. Polymyalgia rheumatica. The guidelines recommend an initial dose of 15 milligram per day prednisolone for the first three weeks. The dose decreases to 12.5 milligram per day for the next three weeks and 10 milligram per day for the following four to six weeks.
The dose is then reduced by one milligram every four to eight weeks, or alternates every other day. For example, ten and seven point five milligram alternate days. A high initial dose of prednisolone or faster tapering can result in a relapse. Therefore, once the remission is achieved and the maintenance dose reaches to ten milligram per day. Further dose reduction has to be carefully carried out. ESR and CRP are other measures facilitating to adjust the dose of glucocorticoids. However, a high dose of prednisolone should not be continued merely to reduce these test values. Other diseases such as infections or hematopoietic disorder may also raise the test values. The glucocorticoids treatment is often needed for one to two years. A prolonged use of glucocorticoids results in adverse effects such as osteoporosis, a vascular necrosis, insufficiency fa- fractures, hypertension, infections, diabetes, steroid myopathies, and cataracts. The use of Bone protection is recommended when initiating a steroid therapy for polymyalgia rheumatica. For those more than 65 years of age or with high fracture risk, a bisphosphonate with calcium and vitamin D supplements are concurrently needed without dexascan. Dexascan is suggested for others with low fracture risk and calcium. And vitamin D are given. A bone sparing agent is also provided if T score is equal to or lower than negative one point five. Increased risk of peripheral arterial disease has been reported in patients with polymyalgia rheumatica. Although any testing or treatment is not recommended at this point. Clinicians must be aware of this fact in order to promptly diagnose if symptoms of peripheral arterial disease are shown. Other preventive measures include regular blood pressure check, lipid profile, immunizations as appropriate for a patient's age, colonoscopy, and mammograms as recommended. A steroid-sparing agent can be considered to minimize the adverse effects of glucocorticoids for those at high risk. A dose of 10 milligram per week methotrexate has shown glucocorticoid sparing effects with increased prednisone discontinuation rates, shorter therapy duration, less cumulative prednisone dose, and decrease in bone mass loss. Infliximab plus prednisone does not affect the disease course. In comparison to prednisone alone, no differences have been seen in the number of relapse, prednisone discontinuation rates, and the duration or cumulative dose. Although prognostic criteria have not been developed, several factors affecting the disease course have been identified. Elevated plasma viscosity and initial dose of prednisone equal to more than 15 milligram per day are associated with less likelihood of stopping steroids within five years.
female sex and HLA DRB1 0101 or 0401 increase the risk of late giant cell arteritis. About 10% of these patients relapse within 10 years after the onset. During a relapse, clinical features of giant cell arteritis have to be assessed since a higher dose of prednisone. That is 40 to 60 mg per day is needed to treat giant cell arteritis. Otherwise, the recurrence of the symptoms of polymyalgia rheumatica and elevated ESR or CRP can be treated by increasing prednisone to the previous dose. Other additional treatments, including a single intramuscular injection of methylprednisolone. 120 mg or DMARD therapy can be considered. Okay, this is it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. My name is Ho Jun Yoon, and this is Medicine on the Way.